This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by the Minister of Memes, the Grand Duke of Gifts, the Conductor of Chaos. You love that you hate him, and you hate that you love him. He is the one and only Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Um, I'm, I, I, you caught me blindsided on the last episode with that. I wasn't expecting it again. You know, I've been better, Metcalf, um, as our listeners should know. Big Boston Celtics guy. And uh, wow, what what a week it's been, folks. Um, I, I don't even know where to start, so I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit hole now or at the end. But other than that, I'm 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 good. You know what I realized today, Metcalf? This is my little admission. I love the draft because they all the players they don't let me down like this. The Celtics just let me down before the season even started. Draft prospects, I just, you know, I love them. They, they move on out of my life. Another incoming class comes. Like, <laughs> what's better than that? That's why I love the draft. I figured it out today. But um, I'm going to be all it's, right. It's amazing that you found a woman to agree to marry you. Exactly. <laughs> I way outkicked my coverage. Um, you know, shoot or shoot. Sometimes you got to pull up from half court. That's what happened. But I'm better now. I get to talk uh, hoops with you. And I'm excited for this one. Metcalf, how are we doing? Great. Just excited, excited to uh, kind of do something a little different than what we've been doing. Mix it up a little bit. Uh, thankfully, we don't have any breaking news well, besides the Celtics stuff in yeah. the draft world um, that we have to deal with or address again. Um, so, you know, we, we get to let loose and have a little bit of fun today and do a pretty big dive into this freshman class. Uh, we're not necessarily doing any specific prospect deep dive breakdowns like we have the last couple weeks but you know this is kind of inspired by one of Stephen Gillespie's mailbag questions from the other day but we're going to draft a starting five of incoming freshmen to theoretically compete against each other so I I think this will be a fun little exercise show a little insight into our uh, team building preferences uh, give a little overview of a lot of freshmen uh coming in and have a little bit of fun with it very excited for this one um shout out steven for the mailbag question that's that's what we we love to get those questions folks because you never know when you're gonna all of a sudden spark an episode idea for me and metcalf but um shout out to metcalf because he kind of threw the curveball of like what if we only did freshmen and i was like oh that's a that's a fun little wrinkle so um I go list a lot of guys that I'm very intrigued by and I'm pretty much going to draft depending on how Metcalf drafts. So I can just give his team a nightmare. That's my, my goal. But, um, you know, Metcalf, it's fun because I go through my database to get prepped for this and I was just sorting everyone by, you know, what year they're going to be. And gosh, there's some talent that I can (laughs) all over the board, but like just obviously the incoming freshman class is just fantastic. But, um, this this class is going to be awesome. Like I, I really, really am excited for the depth and the potential that this class has. Because I even had some guys I didn't throw on my list that I was like they might be worthy of a kind of a little bit of a curveball pick. But um, excited to talk this one out with you. All right, you want to get into it? Yeah, I, w- I want you to have first pick. I'm tired of you being the nice guy and giving me first selection and first call and stuff. Like let's let's focus on Metcalf a little bit. Well, well, I appreciate that, and I was, I, I eagerly accepted uh, that 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 invitation that yes. you so graciously provided. Um, and with my first pick, you know, I, I there are a lot of different ways that this draft can unfold, so I don't want to pigeonhole my team necessarily into one direction. So I'm gonna try to, or I'm gonna go with a guy who I think is a pretty clear number one pick for 
you know, this kind of exercise and go with someone who has awesome size, great skill, great athleticism, and really good two-way versatility, I'm going Jairus Walker. <laughs> He's son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I was literally, the moment I was like, hey, Metcalf, you have the first pick. I was like, he's going to take this guy right under my nose. Yep. So, you know, um, I probably would have gone the same place there because I know a lot of people are high on a lot of other incoming freshmen and for everyone listening like obviously we're not going to consider scoot or victor in these because yep. they're not tech they're not going to be ncaa freshmen they're you know the outliers they're the outcasts and they're very very good at being an outcast but um jaris is a guy that i think is gonna just light the world on fire if he really hits the ground running for houston i have been a little surprised there's not more love, not more buzz preseason in the draft community. I mean, we talk about about no ceilings and a couple of us are foaming at the mouth. Um, I know you are. I know I am. I know Corey is. Um, for the other guys in no ceilings that like him, I'm sorry. I'm just drawing a blank. But I know that he was one of those names that got brought up and there is some serious love um, at no ceilings. And, and I am drooling over him as a yeah. prospect. I really think there's – there's talent, there's potential for him to just skyrocket. Um, so, yeah, I love that pick, Metcalf. I mean, you, going into the season, do you think he's probably one of your most exciting guys you're, like, eager to watch? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it sucks that he uh, is going to Houston the year after I move out of Houston. Yeah, um, classic. So, you know, that timing was really perfect. Thanks, Jers. Try being born a little earlier, dude. Um, totally. He said he's sorry. He, he texted me right now. He said he's sorry. Back yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I think the kind of physicality, the versatility, the intensity that he plays with is going to fit. Just, it's going to be an ideal fit in that system. And seeing him play along a guy like Marcus Sasser, who really showed a, a really tremendous growth last year before he got hurt. And then even during the whole NBA combine process, I, I think the the ceiling for this Houston team is, you know, national championship. Good. I think they could be that good. And I think he could be a big reason why, because of that two-way versatility and uniqueness that he'll be able to provide right away, you know, that very few freshmen at, at his position can provide. Yeah. And if you're, if you're listening for the first time and you haven't heard our previous episodes, me and Metcalf are going to get better at this, but Jairus Walker incoming freshman about six, eight to 20. He's just very special on both sides of the ball. He's going to get some Scotty Barnes comparisons. I already am preparing for it, but yeah. there's, and, and there's vision. a lot of it there. Yes. There's a ton of it there and it, and it is deservingly. So I hate comparing guys like that, but it is the first name that popped up to me when I was watching his high school film. I was like, this is, this is a Scotty Barnes prototype. This is exactly what everyone's going to be drunk about. He's special. He's going to be really exciting. I would not be surprised if all of a sudden he's just, you know, one of those first around the league buzz comes in and everyone's like, oh gosh, Jairus Walker, this kid at Houston. And I'm like you, Metcalf, this has the makings of a, just a nasty team because Houston's always there. They're always super competitive. They're always just tough to play against. Now you get Jairus Walker, you get Marcus Sasser back. That team's going to be a bunch of dogs. So I'm excited to watch Houston this year, and I'm really pumped to evaluate uh, Jairus Walker. Yeah, just so just real quick before we move mm-hmm. on to your first pick, um, you, you mentioned that us at No Ceilings are generally a lot higher on him than other places, and he was the tenth rate or rated overall prospect according to according yeah, according to ESPN. Words mm-hmm. are hard. Um, why does it seem or why do you think that so many pl- other outlets have him, you know, in the teens, in the late first and the early second, even why, why do you think that he's not getting more love? Yeah. I mean, the, the important thing for everyone listening and, and we really mean this, no ceilings, we're not trying to like downplay or negatively talk about other mainstream websites. We're just kind of educating everyone where no, the, no, the no. buzz is, the vibe is. Yeah. So like, I've seen him, like you said, I've seen him in like the 16 range. I've seen him 20s. I've seen him just, I think I saw him in the second round somewhere. And I was like, what's going yeah. on? Like, and I think people are still convinced that the shot is much uglier than maybe we believe it is. Would you say that, Metcalf? 
Yeah, and that that would be my kind of first assumption is, is that, that people are like, "Oh, the shot's ugly," and I'm like, "I don't know if it's that bad." Right. It's it's not like a work of art, but right. I think we both agree that we like the touch on it, and that there are some slight mechanical things that he could kind of smooth out that wouldn't be complete overhauls or like huge adjustments to what he's already doing. My thing is we've talked about this. Um, all the episodes are blurring together. So just go back and listen to the no ceilings podcast folks. You'll, you'll have a good time. You'll, you'll have some laughs with us, but we talked about how if a prospect doesn't have like a strong shot, like if it's considered a weakness, where else does he have the other areas to kind of make up for that? And Jairus Walker has the defensive potential the rebounding nastiness and his playmaking and feel is outstanding so those are three big areas that you know we're talking about and a potential versatile asset on both sides of the ball that i still think that's going to carry a heavy punch when it comes to his draft stock with scouts and nba front offices absolutely well, we're both super high on him. A lot of other guys that know ceilings are. I imagine a lot of the kind of draft community will come around to him as he uh, hopefully shines for the University of Houston this year. But enough uh, on my pick, which was absolutely perfect and brilliant. Tyler Rucker, who is your first pick? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna draft the guy that's probably gonna guard him. We're gonna have a, a heavyweight slugfest. I'm gonna take Cam Whitmore going to Ooh. Villanova. Um, when you wanted to do this exercise, I, I said, okay, my first pick's either going to be Walker or Whitmore because I'm just <laughs> in love with both of those guys. Um, let me get – I'm trying to get better about the clicks. I, I messed up on the last episode. If that guy's still listening with the mouse clicks, I'm sorry. I know I failed you the last episode. Um, shout out that guy. Um, Whitmore is going to Villanova, freshman 6'7", about 225. For everyone that hasn't listened before, but he's just power. He's nasty. Yeah. Um, I I really think that's the other guy that you know. I think Walker's going to skyrocket up boards. I think Whitmore is going to end up in that top five if things go right. Now, when me and Metcalf are talking this early on in the year before the season's even started, we're talking about if everything goes right for these guys. Mm-hmm. But Whitmore has nastiness. He tries to dunk the ball into another dimension. He has fearless when he has some steam. And I think if the, you know, the three levels, if, if he can become a three level scorer and showcase that the outside shot is going to be a weapon. Yeah. I, I, I love Whitmore. I think he could be a sensational prospect. Um, and for, you know, for this exercise, Whitmore and Jairus Walker going toe to toe. I mean, we can drool and dream that that <laughs> happens in March Madness some way. The, the, the athleticism in that matchup is uh, already overwhelming. Yes. Um, so I, I think I just I want to preface this question with I think it's unlikely. But do you see a world in which Cam Whitmore isn't necessarily a one and done? Obviously, excluding injuries or anything like that. I, uh, I I do if the shot is just very inconsistent and he's struggling to get that second level, that medium level, like of offense. But from what we saw with his FIBA this summer, um, and just how dominant and confident and just in a good way arrogant he looked on the court, he looked like I am the best guy on the court. Like he was just. He's just putting up crazy numbers. Um, and I think his first game, he actually kind of had a, a dud. I, I know they were blowing people out by like 40 every game, but I feel like his first game, he might've had a low scoring game. And then from the rest, it was just like 30, 20, you know? So yeah, I could see it, Metcalf. I, I mean, it would just, a lot of things would have to kind of go in the right. wrong direction in which he's probably thinking maybe he ends the year and he's like, okay, that, that's not going to happen again. Let me work my ass off for an off season and be a top five pick. But what about you? Do you think there's any reality in which that happens? Or do you think there's too much tools kind of loading in the lab? Um, you know, I, I think there's too much upside, especially athletically with him, where as long as he kind of gets the minutes to show it, you know, then I think he's good. Um, 
that's kind of my only other hesitation is that, you know, obviously Villanova, they have a new coaching staff and whatnot, but it's still generally the same culture that was there before. So I'm curious to see what type of role he gets right off the bat. And if it's, you know, they come into camp and he's already overwhelming and dominant and showing that he belongs in that starting five and he just, he earns that, then, you know, awesome, cool. We hit the ground running. Also, if he doesn't, it's like, hmm, okay, interesting. Does Is he afforded the opportunity to kind of build into that? Or is it just going to be one of these, you know, more six-man type of roles where he's only playing 15 to 20 minutes a night? Um, and, you know, honestly, if, he, if, it, if that's the case, that might even – encourage him more to to be a one and done and it might he might not have that top five draft stock that if he started every game but if he goes in the teens because of that role then maybe that masks any shooting issues that he does have so I, I I think his role is going to be really fascinating the only way that I see him not being a one and done is that if he can't find a way to score that's not just uber athletic thunderous dunks yeah, I agree. I, I think the dunks, the 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 power, the just he's gonna be a highlight machine. We're gonna see him all year on social media and sports center and all that crap because he just has that power and that nastiness and that mentality when he's attacking the basket. But if he shows that that's it, then I could see him going back. But I, I still think there's too much talent and I've liked what I've seen this summer that I think he's gonna I think he's going to be a monster. I, I really do think. And I, I love that he's going to Nova as much as we mm-hmm. like that Jairus Walker is going to Houston. Those are two great fits. And um, we're saying that now it looks great on paper. Still got to work. I mean, he could go to Nova and it could be a disaster somehow. Do I think it's going to happen? No, absolutely not. I think that's a great place, but um, you never know. It's It's kind of a roll of the dice sometimes with these guys. All right. With my number two pick, um, obviously with Jairus Walker, we have that ability to grab and go. We can play with pace. We have a little bit of, uh, versatility and who can initiate the offense, but I want a guy who can kind of match that at the point I'm going Nick Smith, the six, uh, six, four, 170 pound point guard who's headed to Arkansas. Um, we're going to get out and run on you incessantly and you're going to have a horrible time dealing with it. Um, I, I I think Smith is going to be a good shooter. I like him a little more as an off-ball shooter. It's amazing than... how things have changed. Shout out, Corey. I know you're listening right now, but it's amazing how you, for a guy you weren't high on, he's your second but pick in the draft. Not high on. Not, he's six on my board. What are you I'll talking about up, not high I'll, on? I'll, oh pull up the, I'll pull up the episode right now. I swear I'll do it. No, my, my, my biggest hesitation with, Nick Smith was that it didn't feel like he in the games that I saw, it didn't feel like he hunted his jumper off the bounce. I understand. Okay. Okay. I never, you know, uh, when he shot off the catch, when he did shoot, I thought the mechanics looked good. I think he's going to be a good shooter and, you know, being able to play off of Walker at times, being able to run that pick and roll with Jairus Walker um, in this hypothetical matchup, I think is going to be a lot of fun, but I, I love his first step. I love his ability to get to the rim. And then I, I think he's a lot better uh, playmaker than um, if, you know, people listen to the draft act podcast, then I think they gave him credit for it. So I, I, I right now I am really encouraged with the overall uh, pace, versatility and uh, ball movement that my team has. That's a good pick. I, I, I think uh, Nick Smith's, going to be a heck of a prospect this year. The more I've watched, the more I've been intrigued. I think he's going to be nasty for Arkansas. Um, you know, for, for your first time listeners out there, he's six four, one eighty five. Um, God, he looks like he's going to have the tools to, to be a really special floor general. I like the swagger he plays with. I like his vision. Um, we joked because me and Metcalf, it, it's hard to find his film sometimes. And all of a sudden you find it and then you're like, okay, where was this months ago? Um, but I think we even saw like on inside, it was under Nicholas Smith and we were like, cool, thanks. Um, but I like the tools a lot. I, I really think that's going to be a guy that I'm, I'm very excited to watch the Arkansas team in general, yeah. but I'm very excited to evaluate him because um, 
I've talked about this before. I like what I've heard. I've liked, you know, I've watched interviews with him. He seems like he's got the right mentality and the right mindset. I'm excited to see what he does there, but you're off to a good start. Metcalf. Okay. Um, I'm going to add to my backcourt as well. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Keontae George. My my prodigal son. I I love Keontae. I think he's going to have a heck of a year. I think another guy that's going to the right place um, to work on his craft. Um, He's listed around 6'4", 185. Can you really shoot it? I think he needs to lock in a little bit more defensively, and he's going to Baylor, and that's they're going to teach him that. But I love the the feel and the tools and the upside that Keontae has to be a really nice – um, off guard who can shoot it, who can score it from deep and in the mid range. And he's shown a little bit of wiggle, but I think that's loading. I think it needs to keep progressing. And if that does happen, then he's got the potential to kind of end up near the top seven of the draft. But um, you added Nick Smith as your point guard. I'm going to get an off ball guard. We're going to get some, some shooting with Keontae. So you, you mentioned him as an off ball guard. Is that your preferred role for him, or would you like to see him start showing a little more point guard um, ability? I, I would, I would like to see him off the ball. Um, we'll see what happens this year, but I would like to see him be a guy that can run off of screens, run, do a lot of damage off the ball, and then at times get the ball in his hand and maybe using the pick and roll to create a shot or get wide open little windows and stuff and and get to mid range to have that pull up game. But I think starting off, I, you know, people are going to be like, Oh, is he undersized for two? And at the, at the point of the NBA right now, I don't even know if that matters with some teams. I think they just want guys that they can play together. And, you know, CJ McCollum, I think he's a pretty damn good two guard. Um, They, at this point, they do put him as a ball handler. I think as long as you can hold your own defensively, which he needs to prove this year, then you're going to be fine. Even if you're, you know, six, four. And I know everyone's dream is to get the clay Thompson's that are like the six, 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 seven, or the Jalen Brown's at six, eight. I, I still like Keontae. I think he's got some really special upside and um, evaluating him as a high school guy. I was like, Hey, the defense needs to turn it up a little bit. And Baylor's got a stacked backcourt. So he's going to have to, to really zone in on that. What yeah. about you, Metcalf? Do you, are you in the same boat or? Yeah, I, I I don't. I think what he's shown as you know in terms of an, a quote unquote on ball guard um, is pretty lacking right now to kind of throw him into that role. I, I think it would be a bit of a rough um, adjustment for him, and I think that kind of more pure two guard role is um, just going to be better for him this year and for Baylor. Um, you did mention that they have a stacked backcourt and they do, and they have for the past couple of years and something that they're back. They, they've gone with like three, three guards in, on the floor a lot these last couple of years. And something that they're always doing is they swing that ball and there's no hesitation with it. And it is constantly moving and they're driving and attacking closeouts and kicking and dumping off and, you know, rewarding their big men who are ducking in from the dunker spot do you have any hesitations on whether or not he'll be able to kind of seamlessly slide into that more high pace, high ball movement, um, you know, attack, dish it, relocate type offense? Um, or do you think that he's shown enough from a passing and kind of relocation ability that he'll be okay? I think he'll be okay. Um, he seems like a guy that could really – Watching his games, especially the Hoop Summit, I feel like no matter how quick the game's going, he's always playing under control. And I think when you have that skill set that he has, that also can make you a dangerous weapon in transition. I think that's where he could really thrive with that Baylor team is they might just be saying, just run the heck out of people. And Keontae understands where to get to his spots, locate, spot up. I I think think he's going to have a really strong year. I really do. Now he's got a he's got to shoot it. Well, he's, you know, it's sometimes these high school prospects that really look like they can shoot it come into college and their shot isn't falling right away. And all of a sudden that just makes you're in another world. Now you're in a a dark place because your bread and butter isn't working. So how else are you going to impact the game? So as long as his shots falling, I think 
he's got a great shot because he has a good feel. Like that's the one thing every time I watched yeah. him that really jumped out to me. I was like, this is a good feel. He knows how to get to his spots. Um, but you're taking the leap now to the next level and, and going from high school to like his play, even, you know, overseas this summer competition, people will kind of probably argue about, but I think he's still going to be a stud. I think there's a lot of really special tools with this game. So you, you, you did mention, you know, how, when your, when option a gets taken away, which, you know, the higher you go in basketball, the more likely that happens. Right. How do you contribute? And, you know, we talked about that with Jairus Walker a lot. And, you know, a lot of these other guys with Keontae, if the shot isn't there, how do you see him contributing? He's going to have to, he's just going to have to turn into. Do you have any worries about it? Sorry. You know, I mean, that that's a question that's going to make me just even go back and look more. I, I, feel like and because we're watching so many guys now to get ready to for the floodgates to open and I feel like watching him I came away more intrigued with the playmaking than maybe at first going in so I think as long as he trusts to play within the system and play within like hey my shot's gonna come I don't need to force it we're gonna have a talented team because that's also a big part of some of these guys going to the big universities is they have to understand like you're not the guy you know, you, you might think you're the guy, but there's now you're with a bunch of guys that were the guy before this. Um, he's going to go play somewhere. You know, Langston Love's going to be a, a great player for Baylor. They're going to have a lot yeah, of talent is. on that team. So you got to trust it. Like Kansas is great at that, and it's frustrating from an evaluating standpoint because Bill Self's like, we got a lot of guys. You know, yeah. play within the team system. You're not going to put up 28 a game um, unless you're Ochai Abaji. But <laughs> – I think he's going to be fine. And I think that's an important part with some of these prospects about going to those big blue chip programs is you learn how to play away from your, your number one option. You're like, you're saying like, okay, your shot's not falling. How else are you impacting the game? And that's very important for developing as a player. Are you in the same boat Metcalf? Cause I feel like you're really hammering the Keontae questions. I love you for it, but I feel like there's some doubt. And no, no, there isn't. No, I, I, I really like Keontae. I, I think he's a really good ball player. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just trying to pick your brain. I, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate I think it. even when be careful, it's a dangerous place. Be careful. Um, you know, I, I, I thought his IMG film was super impressive, and that even when he wasn't, you know, knocking down shots, he was still he he didn't really force it. It wasn't like, all right, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep shooting. I'm just going to keep trucking. It never felt like he was a trucker. And, you know, that was really encouraging where he was really adept at kind of picking his spots. And then obviously there are some defensive issues, but I never felt like he wasn't competing on that end. And his ability to kind of body guys up, play with strength and physicality on both ends, especially when he attacked the rim on offense, his he absorbs contact really well, especially for someone his size. Um, because he's not the biggest guy, but he's stocky, he's stout, he's strong, and he's not afraid of going into guys' chest and finishing through contact at the rim. So even when the shot's not falling, I think it's going to be enough of a threat where he can get guys to take that step to uh, on a shot fake or something and then you know spin out of it and get to the mid-range or get to the rim and do some interesting stuff from there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, that's the underrated part about his game is he might be – Six four, six five as a potential off guard, but he's he's a pest when you get downhill. Like he will go right at people's body. Yeah. He I saw somewhere listed at one eighty five, and I was like, "Don't look like it." He looked he looked, <laughs> he looked like two hundred. I mean, he's just stocky and he he welcomes contact, which is really important if you're going to be that undersized guys because, um, you know, you're going to have to they're going to cheat up on you if you can shoot. And you have to prove that you can score getting downhill and finish with some touch and finish that mid-range, that pull-up game we're talking about. So I really like his game. I think we're talking about guys that we think could just start to heat up, start to yeah. climb, start to start inching up those boards. You know, we we loved Johnny Davis last year. Still love him. Shout out Johnny. And, and he was a guy that just took that second year leap, but – we didn't even have him on our first big board. And all of a sudden he was 29th. And then all of a sudden it was top 10. Like we're just talking about guys that we think could start to make the conversation interesting in the top 10. But um, 
as we've said before, guys could go the other way too. So, all right, Metcalf, who, who are you taking now? Like, what guy are you going to take that I like? So, come on, do it over uh, with. Rip it, I, rip the band I'm off. going. I'm going with number three on my board, six seven, hundred ninety pound wing, going to Duke. I'm going to Reek Whitehead. Okay, I didn't know where you're going there. All right, so you're playing. You're playing theoretically. You're playing. Uh, are you playing Dariq in the backcourt? Are you playing him as the three with Jarris at the four? Um, currently, he's at, he's he's my two. So okay. we'll we'll we'll, okay. we'll see how uh, the next couple picks unfold. I but, respect that. Yeah, c- currently I, I'm rocking him and uh, Nick Smith in my backcourt. Really like that. I really like that. That's that's good. You know, we're. I don't care for people listening. I'm probably going to play some guys out of position, but I don't care. We're just gonna we're gonna hoop. We're gonna get after it. Um, talk to me about Whitehead because I love him. Yeah. Um, I know he just had that annoying surgery that everyone's going to freak out about. I'm not too bummed about it. Um, you know, he's going to Duke. They're pretty good. Now we get more Tyrese Proctor run. So I'm not, I'm not too overly concerned about it, but I know a lot of people are going to be talking about it. I, I'm not concerned about it, you know, in like the grand scheme of things. I'm just bummed that we don't get to see them as quickly. And it's like, damn it. Like, I, I want a full healthy year of these guys. Obviously, we we want that with everyone. Um, but I, I think Dariq is such a fascinating kind of case study because when you juxtapose his junior year film to his senior year film, it's a completely different role. It's a completely different player where as a junior, you know, when he was playing with Caleb Houston and Jalen Duran and Ryan Nemhard and Langston Love, um, he was doing all the dirty work. He was running in transition, rebounding, switching on defense, playing awesome team defense, you know, moving the ball, not really looking for a shot, but taking it when it was there. And then as a senior, he just came out as just a lethal volume scorer. And it's like, what, who the fuck is this dude? Um, I thought the shot, the the leaps that his shot has taken in the last two years, I think is really astounding and a real testament to um, whoever he's working with and his individual kind of work ethic. I think he's going to be a really, really good shooter. And, you know, we it, in the deep dive breakdown we did of him the other week, um, you know, we both mentioned how we didn't love some of the defensive lapses and the shot selection stuff with him. And I, I really want to chalk it up to kind of senioritis and him just being like, I screw it. I'm the guy this year. I, I get to do these types of things because I went through the mud and did the other stuff in previous years. Um, so I, I hope that he kind of blends that junior and senior year type of play when we see a little more of that consistent defense, because even as a senior, when he locked in on ball, I thought his defensive footwork was incredible. Uh, he bodied guys up. He had really quick hands, good versatility. So I, I think he has the makings of a, a, just a really stellar two-way wing. One of my favorite guys I'm excited to watch this year. Um, like Metcalf said, the, the, the shot from one year has taken massive improvements, massive stride. If it keeps going, my goodness, I, I love – the tools i think he's got nasty defensive potential and i'm talking even at the next level really excited to watch him i i I really think that's a guy that it's gonna be funny now because people are gonna be so excited about the beginning of the season and if he's not ready everyone's gonna start buzzing about somebody else then he's gonna come back and it's gonna be like whoa all right we forgot about you know whitehead and and I really, really am excited to to watch him. I think he's he's big, he's lengthy, he's got quickness, and um, I just have a weakness for those guys that look like I'm like you. I think it was a little bit of senior itis. I, I think he's got some nastiness, and um, we talked about how we thought he was bored sometimes. I, and I think going to Duke, and he's going to be ready to roll now. Now he's going to be even more hyped and more pumped up to really showcase what he can do. Yeah, and I, th- this is all hypothetical, obviously, but, you know, him coming into the team, you know, not at the start of the season and ha- having to work his way back in, he's going to have to take minutes from someone. He's not going to be gifted, you know, not saying any of these guys are necessarily gifted minutes re- at the start of the season, but as a, the number two recruit in your class, you know, there are some expectations that you'll start or that you'll get really heavy minutes. And when you're coming back from an injury, you're going to have to take those from someone. So 
I think that being the case, that gives me a little more confidence that those lazy lapses that we saw with his decision-making and defense, I think those go away pretty quickly, or at least that's my hope. And, you know, we talked about the improvement in the shot. It's not just the mechanics and the result of the shot. It was the variety of shots that he was taking where he's, you know, spinning out of pick and roll, two dribble pull-ups and hitting step backs and hitting movement threes off the catch. It's like, holy shit. Like you fast track this at light speed. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see where his kind of development goes. And even if the, you know, efficiency isn't there from a scoring or shooting standpoint this year, um, as long as he kind of irons out some of those mental lapses that he showed as a senior, I'm still going to be all in. Completely agree. If he fine tunes some of those lapses that you're talking about, I'm extremely all in. Like I, uh, I want to say I had him top five on my preseason quick rankings, like, Mm -hmm. which I'll probably change 15 times before the season starts, but I love him. I love all the tools. He's like I said before, he's sick. He's like six, 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 seven. He's lengthy. He looks like he knows how to use his body. He's active. I think he understands the game. And I think we're going to see him play a little bit more energy and a little quicker at the next level. Cause I think now he's ready to roll. Like I, I still am convinced that his senior year, he was a little bit coasting at times and moving slower, but it was just kind of understanding. And I, think he was bored I, I know that's ridiculous to say but i think it's sometimes he's just like all right go to duke <laughs> like let's go <laughs> like so um i really like his game and i think he's gonna be nasty and showcase a lot more to his bag than we were probably expecting i love him i i really do think that's a great pick um and i'm not just saying that because i do a podcast with you <laughs> All right, so you you currently have Keontae at uh, shooting guard, Cam Whitmore at power forward. Who are you going with your third pick? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a big. I'm gonna take Mr. Lively. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know. I know you're. I'm not that's gonna re- dance around that's it because really I knew bold it was... of you to go with the the number one overall recruit. I mean, I'm glad. I'm so proud of you for going out on a limb like that. Well, here's the thing. I'm looking at my board of people that I was gonna pick next. I like a lot of players still left on this board. And, you know, when it comes to centers, I had a couple guys listed, but, you know, Lively, just having Lively and Whitmore down low, I feel pretty good about um, our lob threat ability. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Derek Lively for everyone listening. He's around seven foot, seven one, going to Duke, jumps out of the gym, skinny. Excited to see what he can do this year. I like Lively's going to puzzle me this year. Um, because I want to buy pretty quick. Like I want to be buying in, but I feel like he's going to be a wait and see guy. Like I need to watch probably four or five games to start out the year and then be like, how do I feel? And then this is going to be a checkup guy for me. Everyone is, but this guy even more, I'm going to be like, I need to watch live in the beginning of the year. I need to watch him in the middle. I need to watch him at the end. I need to see some signs of rapid growth or at least, some versatility in other areas. Cause I know he can jump out of the gym. I know he's going to dunk every offensive rebound. I know he's going to be a lob threat. You need some other stuff. Cause I've seen some, some instances of some really good footwork Metcalf, but what else is going to be in Pandora's box? That's what I want to know. Yeah. So I lively is obviously incredibly talented, great athlete, number one overall recruit for a reason. He's one of these guys that I haven't really dove in on yet besides, you know, the occasional highlight film, which are always accurate and show everything about a player's abilities. Um, so s- s- sell me sell me on Derek Lively a little bit because we, we haven't talked about him on the pod at all. The, the thing with him is it's exactly what we talked about with, um, well, I mean, not exactly because they're built completely differently, but it's, it's the big man thing we hate about with high school guys that we talked about last draft class with Jalen Duran. It's like, at some point in the high school tape, you're like, I get it. Like uh, he's, he's bigger than everyone. He's a incredible athlete. Um, and if he gets any momentum towards the basket, he's going to dunk on everyone, but I need him to be a little bit more physical. Like this is the thin athletic big. I need him to be physical. I need him to want to bang around in the post. I need to see some 
versatility as a defender. He shows everything you want to in a potential rim running athletic big. Like he has the emphatic rejections. He has the, the ability to really impact the boards. I think I just need the motor to be running a little hot and it's the same thing we just talked about with Whitehead where you can watch those games and I don't get too obsessed with like, eh, he looks like he's a little lazy. I don't throw that out a lot because I'm like, understand the situation. Right. Number one recruit going to Duke. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If I see the same signs the first month of the college season, then you're going to throw up a red flag for me. But um, he looks like the big besides Victor. And, you know, if we're even calling Victor a center, um, I don't know if I'm there, but he looks like the big with the most to gain. Um, I know there's a couple other guys. We'll probably talk about this, but like if lively comes out and really hits the ground running and shows some stuff, I feel like he could skyrocket. It's the same thing with like James Wiseman, how he just blossomed up boards. And we say it all the time. Metcalf NBA front offices are always going to drool over the athletic big with size. And, um, I just have questions. I'm, I'm not comfortable. I'm like on the fence of wanting to be like, okay, I'll buy, like mm-hmm. buy the stock. I'm at the stock market. Let me, let me get as much as I can. But right now I'm kind of like, well, let me wait and see. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want to sell you on it, but I can't even completely sell myself yet because I just need to see more. I need to, it's one of those guys that if I can, I'm going to go see Duke live. Like yeah. that's the type of prospect. Yeah. Um, so and in, in past years, you know, Lively is obviously the number one recruit and the number one recruit is almost always cemented in as right. someone that we're always talking about as a top three pick. Obviously, this year's a little different with Victor and Scoot um, and, you know, how some people view the Thompson twins. But li- I never see Lively even mentioned for that third spot or even top five in a lot of places. So is it just because we we really haven't seen that physicality or that, excuse me, we haven't seen that versatility um, from him yet. And so far it's just been just physical dominance against lesser and smaller opponents. Um, or why do you think that reason is that the number one recruit in the country is rarely getting talked about as, you know, even a surefire top five pick. Yeah. And there's, there's guys in this class that are, there's going to be evaluators out there. There's some guys that we love to talk to on social media, some in the draft community that are going to be very high on lively. Like we're not saying no one believes in them, but mm-hmm. it's not as much buzz as you would be expecting for the number one guy. Um, it's a, I feel like it might be a weird, there's a weird vibe about this big man class. And I, like I just said, I want to throw Victor out because he's just, Right. He's everything. I know he's going to be the biggest person ever, but I, I still feel like he might be like a power forward or something with the way he plays. Um, and that's for another day. That depends on the fit. But what I'm getting at is like you go to lively and then you start talking about some of the others, these other guys. I think there's so much talent that has really good star power that is just kind of pushing these guys down a little bit more because there's just some more questions with lively. Like, if he comes out and shows he's just a physical monster and he's going to have, you know, 18 and 11, a lot of games with three blocks or four blocks. Yeah, absolutely. People are going to be buying in quick, but um, I think people want to wait and see. I think right now, no one's wanting to stake that flag of like, this is my top four guy. There's some people that I know really, really like him, And I have no argument with that because I'm like, if you believe in him right now, yeah, you're going to be excited with, how many players he's going to be playing out of Duke. I love their team this year. I mean, we talk about Whitehead out, but Tyrese Proctor is going to probably be a very fun one to watch develop too. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Mick. He's just, he's just interesting. I mean, what, what do you think? Do you have any vibe about it? I my, my only guess is that, you know, just kind of how the league is continuing to shift where if you have this awesome size, you also have to have skill and versatility, Um, you know, not necessarily a three point shot, although that's nice, but you know, can you handle the ball? Can you grab and go? Can you run in transition? Can you, you know, operate out of DHOs and, you know, be the keeper on that and drive a, a little bit. So my guess, again, this is me 
this is pre me doing a deep dive or anything like that. Um, my, my guess is that he just hasn't shown much of that. And maybe he just hasn't been afforded the opportunity because he is so springy and so much bigger and playing against uh, high schoolers that, you know, guys that like Montverde and IMG, and he's not playing against that competition on a game by game basis. So that would be my only guess, but I, I just can't think of a time where, or recently off the top of my head, where we've had the number one overall college recruit just being like, ah, yeah, like mid to late lottery, I could see. <laughs> it just feels so weird for that conversation at this point in the season. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that about now you need to not only be an athletic big with size, you need to show that you have some versatility loading. Like Bam Adebayo's, yeah, I don't know if you want to say started it, but Bam Adebayo ser- seriously pushed it with like his playmaking vision. Now everyone wants the floor spacer. Um, so I think maybe that's why we're waiting to see with Lively because he has the tools to be dominant. But can he showcase now like, okay, he's got a little bit of a 15-foot jumper from outside. He looks like he can do some stuff out there. He's got some playmaking. There's a lot of questions that I think could very quickly be answered um in the opening month of the season but um it's just a wait and see guy for me after all that said i'm very excited to have him on my roster right now (laughs) with with this with this team i got building so yeah 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 and so you you have keontae george cam whitmore Derek lively um that that's a bit of uh vertical spacing and size that i kind of have to figure out what to do with and i'm really torn um and the, the entire time we were talking about Lively, I've been scouring my list for someone who could fit. There are a couple names. I don't love them. so That's I'm why good. I did it, folks. It's so, called chess, not checkers. So I, I'm going to kind of keep my defensive versatility alive for the time being and push that decision down the road and play with a guy who I think could be one of the best overall defenders from this freshman class, uh, one of the springiest athletes in this class. Uh, didn't shoot much this year. Um, you're shaking your head because <laughs> I'm higher on him than you are. I was uh, about six, to take him and shock you, so this is pretty funny. Okay, go uh, ahead. Six eight, two hundred five pound wing going to Texas. I'm going Dylan Mitchell. It's a great pick. Um, I had Whitmore there, and then I kind of looked, and I was like, do I want to take that and kind of have to figure out that combo? Yeah, it would have been electric. I, I, I'm going to watch Mitchell very quickly and probably fall in love. So I don't hate that pick. I understand the upside, the excitement. I just want to wait and see. That's another wait and see guy. That is a perfect go scout the guy. Like go yeah. see him in person because he's going to be a highlight machine. You going to dunk everything in the world. He's going to be- Thank God I moved out of Texas, right? You know, what? <laughs> Heck of a year to move out from Texas. I also moved away from Texas like three <laughs> years too early. Um, I mean, just- I I really think that Texas team is going to be fun, but that would be another one. Like somehow go see um, Dylan Mitchell because I'm going to love what he can do hustle wise. He's going to compete on the boards on both sides of the floor. He's going to be a nice defensive asset. I just want to see if there's another area of his game that's developing. It's the shot. I think yeah, it's the shot. That's the me. big one. It's the it big has one. to be because I, he never, he took like, uh, you know, just look at, looking at instat um you know our lovely partners and over his, last ten, over his last 10 games um in high school I and mean, he took like three total threes so yeah. it's not you know he he made one miss two or something like that just going off the top of my head but he just never took them and he never really looked for him i thought on the three that he took it was like the form is okay, sure. Maybe there's something there. Um, I think on this team for me right now, I don't really need him to be a lethal shooter. And if he can just, if he, as long as he's willing to take a corner three, I'm good with it. But for me right now, the, the big selling point on him is just how nasty of a defender I think he is. I agree. I, I, I completely agree with you. I get it. Um, you playing him at the three or the four? That's what everyone wants to know. So what just asked me what where where is Metcalf playing when I'm kidding guys. It's kidding. it's it's 2022. I I don't believe in positions. Roughly. There you go. Counts. Good answer. Very progressive of you. <laughs> All right, who who you got with your fourth pick? You know, I I got a couple options here that I'm really excited about and I had a wild card that 
maybe he'll be my honorable mention, but uh, probably going to make Corey happy with my honorable mention. But um, we'll name a six oh. man too. We'll oh, name a, okay. a six man too. I just made that. I just added that rule. Um, you know what? I, I, I really like Keontae, but I need a guy that's going to run the show. And I need a guy that, you know, doesn't really care too much about having to get his, his numbers. He just wants to run the offense and make things go. So I'm going to get Keontae or running Nate in the backcourt. I'm going to, I'm going to give him Anthony black. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shaking it up. You weren't expecting that. Were you? Okay. So are you running him at point? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get weird. We're going to okay. get me some playmaking with some size. I just love him. I love Anthony Black. I think when you get to that team, everyone's going to talk about Nick Smith. And I've seen some stuff from Anthony Black that I really, really like when it comes to just the understanding of the floor, the floor awareness, the vision, the playmaking, making the extra pass. Um, I think he's got some wiggle between the lanes. I, I just kind of like the game and you know, the hair is beautiful and, um, good size at six, seven. That's what he's listed at is correct. Am I around? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. You know, Keontae six, four, six, five, we got six, seven, we got the hair and the, and the girth in the backcourt. We're, we're ready to roll. So yeah, that's my little wild card. Um, I was going to go in another direction, which you're probably not going to list, but I'll bring it up later. So yeah, that's where I'm going. Metcalf. Okay. Um, I, I'm excited to do the deep dive on Anthony black too, because in, when watching, uh, when watching Cam Whitmore's uh, FIBA tape, Anthony black was another one of the the guys on that court who really stood out a lot. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this dude loves to make his guys better. And he loves setting other guys up and getting out and running and moving the ball. Like the, it felt like the ball never stuck with him. Um, yes, that's what I love about it's, it. It'll be interesting. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, keep pumping up Corey, but he kept pumping that Anthony Black vibe early, and then I started watching. And I was like, "Oh, Corey, I know what you're talking about." Like, that's exactly what it is, Metcalf. With him, I felt like the ball was hot potato. Like he was just like, "Nope, I know where to go with it. I know where to go with it." And then it was also the understanding of like, "You're gonna give me that." lane i can finish i can finish with touch i can finish with all this i just like his feel and there's a maturity to his game that i love and i know like i'm saying everyone's gonna be talking about nick smith jordan walsh is going to arkansas they got a a squad there but i think anthony black might not get the numbers but he might be such an important piece of that puzzle for arkansas and six seven with the way he plays um i love it but also, is he six seven with the hair, or is he like six <laughs> five? That's an important question. We, Anthony, come on the show. We'll talk to you. See, um, th- th- thank God you're here. Just really asking the important questions. I would ask him that. I'd be like, so what about without the hair? He'd be like, oh, <laughs> six four. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really, really like his game. I think that's going to be one of my underrated kind of Swiss Army knife prospects to keep an eye on this year. All right. Well. All right, so I currently have Nick Smith, Derek Whitehead, Dylan Mitchell, Jarris Walker. <sighs> yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, screw it. I, I'm going with a, a another wing, 6'8", 190 pounds. I think this guy is a good shooter. Uh, he was one of the standouts for me at the McDonald's All-American game. Um, he's headed to Alabama. I'm going Brandon Miller. No, that's what I was going to take. <laughs> Oh gosh. I started watching. Oh, let's, let's talk about Brandon Miller. I started watching him. Woo. He's fun. He's fun. I'm in. I think, I I mean, Whoa, it did not take me long, but I started watching him and I was like, Ooh, okay. Roll tide. Um, he's nice. Yeah. He's smooth. It's just, what, what, what screw it bonus bonus content we're talking a little brandon miller quick dive what, what are your hesitations how do you feel about the shot we haven't talked about him at all no i i think like not since the mcdonald's all-american game that we did back 
last spring and we were both like yeah. "Ooh, you look nice yeah i i like the shot i think it looks smooth i think it looks consistent um i thought he took a wide variety of shots off the dribble off the catch i was like okay there's you know maybe the percentages aren't exactly where you want them but at this stage and you know players development i care less about the percentage and more about you know, the process and how he's getting into it and how does it look and what does the confidence look like? And is it unearned confidence or is it like, oh, this guy's clearly practiced this and been drilled on this and, you know, is confident in his ability because of what he's done behind the scenes? I, the frame looks outstanding (laughs) when it comes to, it's a, it is a foundation for a frame that I am convinced, like everyone's going to see him and be like, he looks skinny. And I'm like, no, that looks like a good frame. That's going to put on some good weight and be like, I, I've watched him move and how he run like just floats and is in and out and his wiggle and his just, um, just his natural body movement. I was like, Oh my, like there's something here. So, um, like I have him just like circled red Sharpie. Like, yes, I need to watch as much Brandon Miller at the moment. I feel like I'm going to be watching, you know, Bama games on, you know, watching them live, becoming a roll tide fan. So no, I really, really like him. If you haven't watched him, you know, get on that vibe in a hurry. So gosh, now you're just, so you're going to play Jarris at the five. You yeah. son of a gun. Okay. All right. And, and he's going to body Derek Lively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So I got one more pick. I got Anthony Black at the one, Keontae George at the two, Cam Whitmore at the four, Derek Lively at the five. You know, you know what this team needs is another glue guy. We need a guy that just doesn't care about his stats. He just knows how to play the game of basketball. So are you gonna take anyone who can actually shoot or no? Would you calm down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have Keontae George. I think Keontae's gonna be shooting a little bit. Um Whitmore can shoot too. I, you know, calm down. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take my guy. I'm going to take Chris Livingston. Ah, there it is. Yeah. I, I, I just got a team that's just going to, we're just going to play basketball, check ball. We just, we're ready to roll. <laughs> but, um, wow. I can't, I still am shocked. You took Brandon Miller. I thought I was going to give some out, out of the box love there. Okay. Well, I like this. This is a good, we'll make a little graphic for everyone to, you know, make fun of us tomorrow or something. Brandon Miller at the center. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, who else did you have in under consideration? Let's get a little bonus talk before, as we round this one up. I'll tell you a guy that I absolutely love <laughs> that I almost took. Um, Case and Wallace. Oh, okay. So I, I haven't gotten to watch Case and Wallace yet. So Ooh. tell me about him. Um, he is an asshole defensively. Like you, he's well, just like gonna, that. yeah, he's gonna, he's like six four, one eighty five, going to Kentucky. He's, he, I really, really like him a lot. I feel like he's going to be this guy that the more I watch, I'm just going to be like, I'm, I'm buying, I'm in. Um, yeah. He just competes his butt off. He's physical. He's he he kind of plays that physical up in your face defense like Beverly, but yeah. six four. And I think there's just a lot of other upside tools. Like he, I have to keep watching him. But it was one of those I watched his film and I was like, I'm buying the defense. I, I love him already. And okay. then I was like, okay, there's enough offensive upside that I think I'm going to be very intrigued. But. um you know, him and Livingston are going to go play together. So I'm actually going to be a Kentucky fan this year, which is crazy <laughs> to say out loud. Um, who else did you, who else did you have on your list? Um, so Khalil Ware was the one after you took lively that I was really going back and forth with. Um, but I thought that that would kind of ruin my defensive versatility. And, you know, I don't like the idea of him switching anything really, or playing anything but drop. Um, so I kind of went away from that. Amari Bailey was high on my list. I think if I I wouldn't have gotten Nick Smith, I probably would have gone Bailey. Um, And then uh, I I was thinking about taking a wild swing at Grady Dick just to 
and lethal shooting and I had him and, listed and, and put Keontae George back in the shadow realm because he did not have fun chasing Grady Dick around um, when they played Sunrise Christian. So I, I had Grady Dick in case you took Keontae. I was like, well, I got to get shooting somewhere. <laughs> um, I had uh, the big man going to UCLA. I, I'm still very, very intrigued with okay. him. Uh Adembona, if I said his name wrong, are we really that surprised by now? No ceilings family, come on. Um, have you watched Gigi Jackson yet? I have not. Okay, let's save that. Yeah. I, I, he's one of those, I, I, we need to do a deep talk about him. I also need to get on the Jet Howard train because now you have yes, to be way do. too excited. I don't know why I thought he was like 6'4". And no, then you said big. the last episode big. He's, I was like, whoa. I was yeah. like, okay. So, so right. I, on Michigan's website, he's currently listed at 6'8", 215. I love college sites. They always round up. And so I'm he's so probably 6'7", 205. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay because that's what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, they probably put the truth out there and then the coach comes out and like, pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I this was fun. I like this exercise a lot, Metcalf. I think these teams turned out right. Um, I, I'm pumped to uh, theoretically beat you by 40 and just run you off the floor. I mean, if you it's do, that's fine. But you know, we're not going to give up. That's that's the good thing about my team is we're just gonna we're gonna play through the whistle. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. My team's gonna be fine. Come on, give me a break. Um, what else you got? Any any thoughts? Any draft thoughts? Any um, life thoughts? You know, um, not. Not really. It's it's like the calm before the storm. Um, I'm hoping to get back to some writing soon. Um, oh, he, here's here's a little uh, me being an old man to get off my lawn. Um, a little out of bounds or a little... Uh... Yeah, no, the, the, this has nothing to do with basketball. Um, okay, out of so, bounds. So, you know, I the, the show Stranger Things, I've liked, haven't loved before. But, Do not you know, well, choose no. your next words wisely. No, no. So, you know, I was obviously on the honeymoon. It was a long flight and I was trying to catch up on it. Um, that's not a seven episode season. That is a seven movie season. Oh, what the, the last fuck season? happened? What the fuck happened to editing? Is that just I love this now? No, Dude, do we I just not that. edit TV shows now? Just give me, I, give me 10 or 12 fucking episodes and not seven goddamn movies. I can't no. sit down and watch two and a half hours of a TV episode. Oh, what you're the soft. hell is you're, that about? You're soft. Oh my God. You probably split up you like... Shit to do. No, you probably split up Scarface into like three days. Come on. Pony. No, no. If, if you sell it to me as a movie, I will sit down and watch a whole goddamn movie. I watch those Lord of the Rings director's cuts, four-hour movies all the time. Well, I will gladly, gladly. No, don't tell me what to do. You're not my supervisor. <laughs> I, I will gladly watch a movie, but do not package it as a TV show. Learn how to fucking edit. All right, you know, there's it. this crazy thing with uh, Netflix where it tells uh, you how much time each episode yeah. is. So you should yeah, have known I, this. When I pulled up the episodes to download them, I'm like, okay, hour 10, hour 15, hour 20, hour 40, 222. What the like, like why, why, why can't these why can't these be edited or cut better and like just be hour long episodes? Just give me give me ten episodes. Why is that so hard? Because you just don't get it. All right, you just don't get it. Like the show <laughs> oh, okay. is great. But, no, it, it is. It, it, it's a really good show. I'm not dogging the quality or the content of the show. Um, even though they're kind of in this stage where everyone's just turning into international super spies that every show kind of seems to devolve into, but. I just i I enjoy good editing. I apparently that wasn't one of their mandates. Yeah, I mean, well, what movie did I just? Oh, have you seen the Elvis movie yet? No, not yet. Well, it's like three hours, so good luck with that one. You probably won't go see that now. Um, yeah, I mean, long movies are just it. I mean, the new Avatar, what is it going to be like four hours or something? I think yeah, it takes a week gl- to watch. I'll gladly go sit down and watch <laughs> that movie. Batman was probably three hours. Yeah, it was it? great. Loved it. Yeah, they had a great time. I will. I will gladly sit down and watch a three and a half hour movie. I will. I, I will say this about the three hour movies: there needs to be a law. We need an intermission. We got to bring it back. 
you got to give everyone a little bit, just a 10 minute, you know, go do your business, come back. Yeah. There's got to be an intermission. No one can last. I don't care what you say. That, that fountain soda is gone by the, by the half hour mark. And, you know, we all got to go to the bathroom an hour and a half in. Just, just give us a little minute breather. Well, and then you have to play director. So you have to now play the guessing game as a viewer oh, yeah. of what scene do I leave? And yep. you haven't seen the movie. So you're just sitting there and you're like, when does it look like it's going to be a boring scene? Then you jump out and then obviously you get to roll the dice when you come back if you're with someone and they're like, oh, it's the best part of the movie. Yeah. So e- I mean, either you miss crucial dialogue or an awesome action scene and you're like, yeah. oh, well, awesome. Great. Glad, yeah. glad that's out the window. So, yeah. So um, that, that's all I got. Do you have, what do you have? No, nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah sorry no it's okay um no no ceilings folks we've been hinting at it we we're coming back very soon full force full throttle um uh, we've been doing some some meetings some some behind the scenes stuff with some partners and stuff we're excited to announce but uh it's about that time so we're, everyone's getting you know Metcalf just got married Corey's getting married um you know life's everyone's getting checking off their list for life so uh it's almost done and then you know then it's game on so i'm excited for year two and um i'm excited to write too i'm I'm locked and loaded got plenty of thoughts um shout out ma udoka i'm sorry you know (laughs) don't dip your pen in the company ink (laughs) But um, other than that, Metcalf, thank you as always. Everyone have a, a great weekend. And um, gosh, I'm excited for year two. You got some good stuff. Thanks again, Metcalf. Absolutely. This was a blast. Um, you can follow us across all socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at No Ceilings NBA. You can find all of our written work at NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button to make sure you never miss anything. And you can follow us on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five star rating. They're greatly appreciated and they help us grow in popularity so everyone else can enjoy our reports, our nonsense, and uh, have some fun with us. Until next time, see ya. <laughs>